0: Welcome back to another Impact Tonight an Impact Educator Leash. This is episode 90. I'm your host, Ida34 Isaacs on the third. night. time are right, Dr. Grace Almond Burke and Delna Bryan. This is Delna Bryan. Please say hello to the people.
1: Good evening, one and all in Dallas. How are you on this beautiful summer evening?
0: And Dr. Grace Almond Burke, please say hello to the people.
2: It's a privilege to be here tonight on this podcast. Friend, Ms. Delna Bryan, to speak on this important topic.
0: Absolutely. And with that being said, this important topic is entitled, Enough, We Are Tired. This is part four. The influence of American culture continues to decline and that the United States is diminishing in power and in matters of health care. As leaders... Our single most important role is to be a zealous advocate for education. We must help reinforce the idea that all citizens must be educated to have a free democratic society. As I ponder these notions, it causes me to think back to the historical movers and shakers who not only wrote history, but also those that marched on Washington in 1963. Why they marched? Well, they marched to encourage support of a passage of the Civil Rights Act in Congress. People like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. organized a march on Washington, which called out More than 200,000 people from across the country, they gathered in and listened to these speeches from Dr. King and many others. Tonight, we will have a discussion why we are saying enough. We are tired. Uh, The history in this nation, the history that we have uh, faced as uh, African-Americans and minorities uh, through... You know segregation desegregation through uh you know reconstructions uh, to the progressive era the civil rights movement this country and, and with that being said you know you, you you come up with this this powerful this powerful declaration and it, it has caused a very serious responsibility to be placed in your lap and my question for you tonight well my first question the leaders that are responsible to save our children, as it relates to enough, we are tired in this movement. And why, and why are we not satisfied with just reaching one child? Um, and we are challenged instead of just one child reaching a community of children. And so, why, why is this the responsibility of, of our leaders? And why, and how, why, and how is this tied to this declaration that you have started? This movement that you have started. Enough, we are tired. That's that's my question.
1: Well, first of all, when we talk about the leaders, I was told that the leaders that I first have to reach are the mothers, the grandmothers, the godmothers, the aunts, the sister in laws, all the women leaders are responsible. To inculcate all the values and morals for our children. We are not only going to leave leadership to the schools but we are going to start leading them back to the basics at home. We're going to listen to them. We're not going to have our children listening to Bad Babby or J.I. the Prince or whatever they're listening to. We are going to guide them back to what they should be doing. We are going to know their friends. As women, we are strong leaders in our respective homes. We are going to guide them back where we want them. We are not going to have them be fodder in the streets for those that wish them no good. We are going to show them and teach them again where they came from. We have generations of deep roots, whether it be from Chicago, South Side, or LA, or Barbados, or Panama, or the Dominican Republic, or Richelieu, or Bluefield, wherever we're coming from, we are going back to our roots to teach them. You mentioned Dr. King. He talked about his four children in his I Have a Dream speech, that someday they'll live a nation, live in a nation, where they'll not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Well, I'm asking the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the godmothers, all the women listening to me this evening, listen with your heart, listen with your inner ear, and make this personal. You want to be that strong leader in the home. Then you turn it over to the teachers. The teachers will help them, but you have to put in what they need first at home. Allow them to dream. Allow them to set goals you the leader there are more people listening to us somos las madres que estarán escuchando esto escuchen con el corazón escuchen profundamente para salvar a sus hijos de las calles que no son calles nada seguras cuando salen necesitamos ayudarles inculcarles ciertas cosas básicas y después mandarles a la escuela. We would like these children to grow up to be leaders. Leaders like Colin Powell or leaders like Barack Obama. Leaders like Alexander the Great, who said that he was not afraid of a sheep. An army of lions led by a sheep he was more afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion let us teach our children to be those lions those that are going to contribute to our lives in the future let us grow them and it's not one or two but the thousands that we have around this nation, let us take them back to do something with them. Sir?
0: That was, a great, that was a great response to that front. You know, as you were speaking, what I kept hearing was barriers. And these barriers are barriers to opportunities. And these opportunities are tied or linked to influences. And imaginations that are uh, caused by uh, experiences, which give our children and, and people their perspectives. And I want I want to pull from Dr. Grace Burley, uh from this, but <laughs> Ms. Brown, please don't go anywhere. Because thank you for thank you for what you said. Thank you for adding so much more value to this podcast uh, Dr. Burke let me let me go to you let me change the directions okay could you describe based off of what we just heard could you describe a typical day in your youth growing up uh, surrounded by or being um, I, I would guess exposed to inequality exposed to prejudice exposed to discrimination in your community, could you describe a, a typical day growing up um, in that type of environment? If, if you did grow up in that type of environment, if, and if, if, if so, please share with us.
2: Well, you know, your question is very interesting. Let me tell our listeners that I was born and raised in New York City in an area called Harlem. Everyone has heard about the Harlem Renaissance. It was a wonderful environment in which to grow up. Uh, My parents were Christians, and so we were actively involved in the church. I came from a two-parent family. Uh, My grandparents lived nearby, so we had the extended family uh, that surrounded us with lots of love. However, it was very interesting when it came on schools and education because although the school was predominantly black, the teachers were predominantly white. And it would be very fair to say that they weren't very happy being teachers in a predominantly black school. They were merely doing a job. They didn't do a lot of encouragement. They didn't push us to to go as far as we could go. So every day I'm thankful for my parents who had a very strong lean toward education. And so I was able to push through those barriers. Uh, when I got to high school, I was denied access to many opportunities. I I can give a specific example that I'll never forget, and I've graduated from high school at the age of 16, so this would have happened when I was about 15. I was very good with foreign languages, and I spoke French almost fluently, and there was a contest that uh, was being uh, offered to students uh, uh, who were studying French, and because I did so well in French, my teacher selected me to participate in the contest. When I reported to the department head, he looked at me and he said, Oh, you're Grace Burke? He was shocked. It was clear that he was not expecting a black young woman. And he said, without a, a, a smile on his face, Oh, I'm so sorry you're a day late. That contest was given yesterday so you will have to return to your class and uh, it's too late for you to participate and I knew in my heart as I looked at him that he was not telling me the truth when I went back to my teacher and told her what he said she gave me a very quizzical look but I guess she must have felt she couldn't go against him because he was her superior and it was that sort of thing as I went through school that I encountered very racially prejudiced individuals. When I went to Cornell for my undergraduate in nursing, I remember coming home one weekend and telling my mother, mom, not going back, it's too difficult. I was the only black person in my class. This whole class full, I was the only black person. Some of my classmates were friendly, but the majority were either indifferent or outright hostile. And I said, Mom, I'm not going back. And my mother grabbed me by my collar. <laughs> and she said, you're going back, girl. <laughs> Your marks are good, and you will graduate. And that was the end of that. That gave me the impetus to continue going forward and not only to gain a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree as well as a doctorate degree as well. So... Those were difficult times. I hope I haven't taken up too much time with that those stories. But um, that was typical of the kind of thing that I encountered in my school days.
0: Oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. Don't you go anywhere, Dr. Burke. Don't you go anywhere. Sure. Ms. Delabrine, I want to ask you a, a similar question. Would you walk us... Through what you did to become a college graduate and, and the different uh, barriers to entry that you experienced
1: I would have to say that I had a similar upbringing as Grace I don't think there is a word such as stick to it next our parents gave us the love and the support that we need at all times. Whenever I went home to say that I would like to do or I wanted to do anything, my mother always had Second Timothy two fifteen to say. It. And all through my growing up I heard study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Those were the words that I heard at all times because I too grew up not in the United States but I grew up in Panama in the former canal zone and I did not know or I suppose my parents hid it so well from us because I thought my little community was well-rounded we were happy going to school but we were in a segregated school the only difference is our segregated schools For example, when I went to public schools, because I really went to school when I was three years old, I went to church school at the Baptist church. And when the teacher told my mom that she had nothing more to teach me to take me to public schools, and I got there, I went straight into second grade at age five. In the mornings, they were going to teach us to be totally bilingual. And that is where I saw the immersion program fully instituted. I don't know if that's what they set out to do, but they did a good job because in the mornings, our teachers, when I was in second and third grade, my teacher in the morning had to be a United States graduate. My second grade teacher went to NYU. My third grade teacher went to the University of Nebraska. I fell in love with the United States and I was going to study in the United States. In the afternoon after lunch, we went back to school. Our teacher was from the University of Panama. But at no time did I think about going to the University of Panama. I later taught for a year at University of Panama but to attend it that was not my dream my dream was to come to the United States to study and this is the type of thing I want my parents today to give their children I'm asking the parents go back to that love go back to that foundation go back to that 100% support that you will need to give this child And let them know they're not going to flounder. They're not going to stop. Because they come from good stock. They can do better. Encourage them. The teachers at the schools will also help. We will do our very best. In helping this child grow to become the person that we need in the 21st century and beyond. It's not going to be easy but we can do it. Madres, comadres, padres because later on we have to get the fathers involved. We're called to get the men involved we are all going to put the very best in our children to bring them out of this quagmire that we seem to be floundering in we are going to do better because we know we can do better podemos hacer mejor
0: sir wow, wow, you know, we are walking on sinking sand. We're walking on water. We're walking on fire. And so we have to be determined. What I heard from you tonight thus far was determination. And I also heard guidance. And that fueled the power. You know, you talk about power. It reminds me of the I Have a Dream speech This I Have a Dream speech Was so powerful That it influenced People like Rosa Parks It influenced People like Daisy Bates It influenced People like George Raymond Frankie Muse Freeman It influenced People like Fannie Lou Hammer And Marie Foster all because of this one man's dream. It was his dream that made him who he is today. My question for you, whoever want to take this first, what is your dream? What is your dream? want to take that question.
2: Um, I'll, I'll take the question. And I can answer it, first of all, by saying, I came of age in that famous era of the 1960s when Dr. King gave his famous dream speech. I was a college student at the time. And all of those people that you mentioned were alive and well, Rosa Parks, Daisy Bates, Fannie Lou Hamer, and it was Uh, such a wonderful thing. I didn't actually attend the march but I can remember being in the nurse's residence when I was a student at Cornell reading about the speech and feeling such a thrill because it was high time that Dr. King's dream came into fruition. It wasn't just his dream it was the dream of all of us and we were determined to make change. We sang, we marched, we rallied, while struggling to maintain and uphold our Christian faith. A lot was accomplished, we have to be honest about that. Jim Crow laws were abolished. Black and brown people could travel wherever they wanted. Schools became integrated. Predominantly white universities and colleges were challenged to accept greater numbers of students and faculty of color, and they did. ...began to develop better economically and move into the middle class. I remember the Black is Beautiful slogan became our slogan of racial pride. We wore Afro hairdos and daishikis. Many of us visited Africa, the motherland, and we forced the predominant culture to change much of their language about us. So it would be unfair to say that there were not many broad sweeping changes. However, and this is a big however, despite major changes, I believe we have slipped in many ways and unfortunately have lost many of the gains we made. This doesn't feel good or right to me. And there's, there are problems in the white community as well as in the black. And so I'm trying to answer your question about what my dream is. If we look at it, institutional racism continues. There are still subtle inequities in housing, jobs, schools, promotions, etc. Hate groups abound. White supremacy is again rearing its ugly head. So part of my dream is for us to unite. And as Ms. Delna has said, targeting the mothers, the leaders, the fathers are included as well. But in this particular forum, we're talking to mothers and we are encouraging them. We will no longer stand by and watch as this next generation is slipping from the gains that we have made. We will no longer sit by while this continues to happen. We as mothers, all women, mothers, grandmothers, great grandmothers, aunties, cousins, sisters, godmothers, female mentors, we have a dream. We will rise up like an army. We will put our collective heads together and we will come up with a plan to save our children, especially our young men. I'm concerned about the impact of this slippage, both physically and emotionally, on the men in my life. My husband, my son, my grandson, my great grandson, my brother, my nephew, my two great nephews, my many godsons. I am very concerned. And I have a dream that one day they will move forward, acknowledge our place in history, attend church, read the Bible. Confess the sovereignty and fatherhood of God and call out the things we can't glory anymore in the things of which do not bring our race forward. We're not going to glory in just being single mothers and absent fathers and pregnant teens and abusive parents and, and leaving our children with a sense of abandonment. We're not going to continue to watch as they become apathetic, dropping out of school, lacking in motivation, buying guns, joining gangs, being part of the drug culture, beset by mental health issues, being suicidal, and lacking in community structure. My dream is that the village must stand and be strong. We cannot sit by and let our village disintegrate. I believe that all is not lost, we can get back to basics. We can get our kids back on track with God's help. It will take a concerted effort, but we will not and cannot watch and let wrong happen
0: any longer.
2: That is my dream.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Miss Delta Bryant, what is your dream?
1: Again, my dream is similar to that that grace has. There is hope and we are not going to let that hope flounder. Today I read that the Pulitzer Prize board gave an honorary Pulitzer Prize to Darnella Fraser the young lady who took the video of George Floyd's death Yes My child does not know what profession he wants he has no idea allow him to dream and we as the parents the mother The godmother, the grandmother, the aunt, the sister, the adult in his life is going to allow them to fulfill these dreams. We want more for our children. Of course I want more for my brothers. I want more for my nephews. I want more for my great-nephews. They have goals. They have dreams. I will help them fulfill some of those dreams we are going to unite and it came that it was first the women who are uniting across north south east west from the Atlantic to the Pacific to whatever ocean we have the Caribbean we are going to unite upon hearing this and bring our children back to being proud people who can with dignity hold their heads high and dream the same way I was able to dream that someday I would be in the United States living going to school or what if my child wants to dream of going to Cambridge or going to Oxford or going to the University of Salamanca, or going to Santo Tomás de Aquinas, or going to San Marcos University in Peru. He can do that. My child wants to dream about going to the University of Havana, Cuba, learn Spanish, to be able to study medicine at one of the best universities in this hemisphere. He or she will be able to do that that is my dream helping this child be all he can be forcing also take a look at how much we spend on education look at the U.S. education spending statistics we talk about Arkansas Arkansas is spending $10,139 per student on education. South Dakota is spending $10,073. D.C. is spending $22,000 plus $759. Why is Texas only spending $9,000? 606 and the nine thousand that they have been spending on educating my child allowing my child to have this quality education to dream on because we are now looking at Venus we're looking at Mars what other planet might we be dreaming about we need to get our parents aware Of the spending on education in our state. Madres, abuelas, comadres, hermanas, tías, madrinas, todas. Nosotros necesitamos dejar que nuestros hijos puedan soñar. Es nuestra responsabilidad dejar que sueñan. Ayudarles a sonar. It is our responsibility to help them fulfill that dream. And that is my dream that we will be successful as women uniting on the front to doing what we need to do for all our children.
0: That Sir? was an explosive, There was an explosive. Explosive rebuttal. Listen, listen. The slogan, the movement, the buzzword, the catchphrase, whatever you want to call it, is enough. We are tired. Again, I say enough. We are tired.
1: Sir, in Spanish, what? is basta ya. Estamos cansadas. Basta ya. Cansada. Basta wow. ya. Estamos cansadas. Thank you.
0: What are the takeaways tonight before we conclude this powerful discussion? Because we're out of time. Who wants to go first?
2: The takeaways are we must be united. We are not excluding the brothers. They certainly a part of the village a very important part and as a matter of fact leaders in the village but we are also co-leaders with our brothers as women we cannot sit idly by and watch things slip and slide where our children are concerned so the takeaway is rise up like an army save our children particularly our young men Here you have it.
0: Ms. Bryant, the takeaway
1: for me is that we are going to stand strong. We are going to stand firm. We are going to join hands in harmony to take our children back from these streets. Guide them, grow them, help them to become the person that the Lord brought them here to be, help them to know their purpose, they were created with a purpose, help them to walk with a purpose, because they just might conquer
0: this world, sir. Wonderful conversation. We are out of time. This was another impactful night of Impact SK Galicia. Our panelists night were Dr. Grace Almond Burke and Miss Donna Bryan. Good night.